hands together give god a hand clap of praise yes i'm talking to you at home come on and put those hands together now give god praise we honor you lord we magnify your name we bless you because you're worthy despite current challenges trials tribulations jesus you set you yet sit on the throne and we thank you for it now we honor you my god and king and it is in Jesus' mighty name and everybody says amen 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 just want to thank god for you guys so very much uh, just for being with us here via facebook live youtube live also on our website, empowerthecity.org. Thank you so much for being here. Also want to just thank the praise team. Didn't they do a fantastic job? Thank God for them. And not only the praise team that are here, but uh, the, the men and women that are here, that are in the sound booth, that are uh, behind cameras. And this is what I love about the kingdom of God. You get credit for what you do, whether men see it or not. I want you to know that. You get credit what you do whether people see it or not we got brothers here that are that are behind the camera and people can't see you behind the camera but it's all right God sees it and I just want to thank God for you on today I do have a couple announcements but I just want to just kind of put that off for right now and I want to go ahead and dive into what it is that God has for us on today gonna be in the book of Jeremiah chapter number one verses number four Jeremiah chapter number one verses number four and and we're gonna act like you here here live that's how we're gonna do it if you have your bible and i pray you do because i want you taking good notes today because i believe that god has a word for your heart on today if you have your bible or your electronic device just lift it above your head and shout this is my bible i am what it says i am i can do what it says i can do i am a believer and not a doubter a doer and not just a hearer and my life is the better after hearing, obeying, and applying a word from the Lord. If you believe it, type amen. All right. So we're going to be in the book of Jeremiah, chapter number one, verses number four. You should see it on the screen. The Bible declares here, now the word of the Lord came to me saying, before I formed you in the womb, I knew you. Before you were born, I consecrated you. I appointed you a prophet to the nations. Verses number six, this is the response of the men of God. Then I said, I, Lord God, behold, I do not know how to speak, for I am only a youth. KJV says, I'm just a child. Seven declares, but the Lord said to me, do not say I am only a youth, for to all to whom I send you, you shall go. And whatever I command you, man, Jeremiah, you shall speak. Verse number eight declares, do not be afraid of them, for I I am with you to deliver you, declares the Lord. Pray with me again. Father, now in Jesus' name, I want to thank you, God, for visiting my heart. God, for first of all, challenging me with the word. And I pray, God, that there's a special grace that you would rest upon me even now. Clothe me with your spirit that I may effectively communicate the word of God to the people of God so that they may be edified, built up as you would desire for them to be. Because that is what you have called me to be and to do in this hour. A spokesman that build up your people and I thank you for it now and it is in Jesus' mighty name and everybody says and types amen um, as I was beginning to meditate um, for the past couple of days and even weeks now as to what to say to the people of God what to address to them this word kept coming to the forefront of our mind simply simply intimidation that's what that's what I just kept hearing I kept seeing it everywhere intimidation 
So I decided to do just a, just a small study on this word intimidation to see what it's all about. Uh, the Oxford Dictionary defines intimidation as to frighten or to overawe someone, especially in order to make them do what one wants. I was reading a fantastic book by John Veer, and this is what he had to say about intimidation. He says, an intimidating spirit unleashes confusion. And I like the fact that he says that he calls it a spirit. Because understand, Paul writes to Timothy and he says, for God hath not given you the spirit of fear. Now understand when it comes to fear, fear is a natural human emotion that God gives us that makes us aware of danger. And not only does it make us aware, it, it whenever you become afraid, when it's a natural fear, you become focused. Your eyesight becomes focused. Your mind becomes focused. So fear within itself is a, a healthy human natural emotion that God has given us. But there is a defilement, yeah, there's a perversion when, when the demon, when the devil begins to highlight and torment your mind concerning fear. And Paul calls it a spirit of fear, and it's a tormenting fear. So, so John Bevere, he doesn't just say intimidation, this, this natural thing that happens like, like a dog cowering down when, when an alpha dog comes on the scene because he knows he's been outranked. He calls it a spirit of intimidation. He says, an intimidating spirit unleashes confusion discouragement and frustration that's right its goal is to cause you to lose your proper perspective everything will seem overwhelming difficult or even impossible he goes on to say the stronger the intimidation the greater the discouragement and hopelessness if intimidation is not dealt with immediately it will cause you to do things you never would do if you were not under its influence this is exactly the goal of intimidation, and I'm going to go ahead and say the spirit of intimidation. So as I begin to just meditate on this thought of intimidation and, uh, and understand what it's all about and even how the enemy, how, how he tries to use it to torment the people of God, as I begin to study it, I begin to study my own life and my own self because what God was doing, he was showing me where I was. And, and I just want to challenge you just for a moment. Maybe this message is not for you. Maybe it's just for me. And if it's for me only today, you can just say amen and say, Pastor, I love you. I'm praying for you. But this is where I was, man. I was dealing with this, this idea of intimidate, being intimidated by this, by this pandemic, by this present circumstance that we're currently in right now. I, 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 be, I begin to get discouraged. I, I was frustrated because there are things that I want to do, man. Even right now, man, I'm, I'm looking at all of these empty pews and my, my, my heart, man, is kind of green even on the inside, because I want my people to know, man, that I love you. I love you. Pastoring is not just about, it's not just about good preaching or good teaching, but pastoring is about loving people, man. And I want you to know, man, my heart is aching this morning because I, even when I get here about nine o'clock and even the kids, they, they get on my nerves sometimes when they're making all that noise while I'm trying to finish my little slides. I miss that frustration this morning. I miss some of y'all bad kids. Praise the Lord. <laughs> Man, I love you guys so very much. And I just want, hey, hey uh, my son, give them hearts. I want to give y'all some hearts this morning. Man, give them some hearts. Give them some hearts because pastor, pastor love you. And I can't wait until I can hug you again and touch you again. And we're live and in person because I miss your voice saying, preach, pastor. I miss that because I love you so much. And not only my frustration about not being able to have the people of God, even amongst my, my own family, man. I, I had one of my babies come to me the other day and they said, they said, Dad, do you think, do you think this is the end of the world? 
And man, my, my, my heart just broke. Not because I don't teach my kids eschatology. It's not because I'm not in great expectation of Jesus busting the clouds one day. I know he's going to do that. But, but my heart broke because, but, because my young babies are knowing that there's something different about this hour. Not only is it different, there may be something. Things might not be the same even after this pandemic is over. My, my heart is broke. My heart is broke, not just as a pastor, not as a father, but even, even as a community leader. And that's what many of you guys are right now. You may not hold a political office, but you're a leader within your sphere of influence. What, what is a co- community leader? A community leader is the guy that people come to in the midst of troublesome time, and they want to know what you're going to do because based on what you're going to do determines what they're going to do. So when a hurricane is coming, they want to know, you going to stay in town or you leaving? Because if you're leaving, I'm leaving. If you're staying, I'm staying. And as a community leader, there are certain people that have come to me and they say, hey, hey, uh, Pastor, what, what, what do you plan to do? And, and my, 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 my answer many times has been, I, I don't know. And God began to show me, and I'm just being transparent. God began to show me that there's an intimidation, Greg, that, that you have in your spirit now concerning the pandemic that's going around. But the devil is absolutely a liar. And I'm encouraged today because I see myself in the word of God. And that's what I do. I'm telling you, that's what I do. In my moments of frustration, you're good right there. In my moments of frustration, that's what I do, my friend. I run to the word of God to see what God has to say in his word concerning, concerning me. So, so when I look at Jeremiah, yeah, yeah, this is good stuff, man. The scripture declares, Jeremiah says, behold, verse number uh, six, chapter number one, behold, I do not know how to speak for I am only a youth. Jeremiah, like us today, man, he's, he's facing a very challenging situation and he's intimidated, fearful, afraid of the challenge that he knows that he has to go through. Because if I say yes to this challenge, I don't know what tomorrow is going to hold. So he throws an excuse up to God and he says, Lord, I'm only a child. I'm just a baby. In other words, maybe somebody else can go through this. God, I can pick a whole bunch of people that would be better in my position, that, that would navigate the church, that would navigate my family, that would navigate the community. Not, not me. But God speaks to him, and I like verse number 7. Verse number 7 says, the Lord said to me, do not say I am a youth. In other words, he's saying, stop canceling your assignment with your own tongue. And I'm telling you, the Bible declares the power of life and death, it lies in the tongue. And many of you guys are defeating yourself in the midst of your own situation because of the words that are coming out of your mouth. I I don't know if we're going to make it. I don't know if we have enough. The devil, I'm telling you today, absolutely is a liar. God is the same yesterday, today, and forevermore. The same God that got me back got me through back then is the same God that's going to get me through right now and I'm trusting and believing he's the same God in the future that's going to take me through my trials and tribulation I wonder can you just type amen right there God says to him do not say that you a child for to all to whom I send you you shall go and whatever I command you you shall you shall speak man this is so good because understand what he said to him in verse number seven and eight is tied to verses number five and he says four things to him in verses number five and I want to highlight it real quickly he says I formed you I knew you I consecrated you and I appointed you you ought to type those four things because I want to highlight that he says I formed you I knew you I consecrated you and I appointed you and that's what God told me to tell you today God told me to tell you today that I formed you I know I, I know you watch this I've consecrated you and I have appointed you my friend I, that's what I want to minister to you today understand when he speaks of him saying that I formed you 
Thank you, Lord. It reminds me of my son, my oldest son. From time to time, I tell my son, you my boy. You my son. You know what I'm saying? I'm saying I'm proud of you, man, because you came from my loins. You are a McGee. You belong to me. God is saying, I formed you. I remember, I remember some, about a year or two ago, and I brought this little silly picture here. It, it's silly to y'all, but it ain't silly to me. My wife, you know, we, we do these family uh, outings and family get-togethers and all that other kind of wonderful stuff. And so for family night one night, we went and um, we, we, we went painting. And everybody had a particular drawing that they had to paint and so forth and so on. And, and so, so this is my masterpiece right here. This is my painting. And believe it or not, somebody tried to bypass this painting. It ain't for sale. <laughs> you know why? Because I'm, pr I'm proud of what I did. Little penguin. Yeah. yeah I I'm not sure if you noticed, but that's, that's Beats right there. That's, that's Beats right there. Yeah. So, so watch. I'm so proud of this. You know why I pr I'm proud of this? My wife didn't do this. My son didn't do this. None of my kids did that. Didn't remember? No, 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 no member of the church did this. You know who did this? I did this. I'm it's in my office today. You know why? Because I'm proud of what I created. And when God speaks to Jeremiah and he says, I formed you, that's all he's saying. I'm proud of you. Watch this. Might not be proud about everything that you do and every choice that you make, but beyond your decision, when I look at what I made, I smile at what I made because I know what I put on the inside of what I made. So he says, I, I formed you. That speaks to God's pride concerning us. And then he goes on to say, I knew you. Here's the second P, because the word know or knew it means to be intimate. And anything that you're intimate with, there's a protection that you have about it. So when he says, I know you, he says that I'm, I'm there to protect you in the midst of what you're going through right now. Yeah. And I can hear y'all because I asked the same question years ago. When God, when God ministered this word to me concerning his divine protection for my life, I said, well, God, if you're protecting me, why did this have to happen to me, this, this chaotic event? Why did this situation have to happen to me? And this is what God said to me years ago. He said, anything that happened to you that couldn't work together for your good, I wouldn't allow it to happen to you. But because I saw that very same thing working together for your good, I allowed it to happen, and I gave you the grace to go through it. The same thing that you went through, that somebody lost their mind, they checked up out of here, I allowed you to go through it because I gave you the grace to go through it, number one. Number two, I saw how I, it could work together for your good. I wonder, can somebody type amen up in this place? The first P, I formed you, speaks of God's pride concern of what he, concerning what he created. Number two, second P, I knew you, speaks of God's protection about what he made. Number three, I consecrated you speaks of God's preparation for your life. That word preparation in, in the KJV is sanctified. It means it's set apart. Things that are set apart. In, in, my, in my house, my wife, she has this, this, this china that um, one of her great aunts gave her years, years ago. And um, we used to pull it out on special occasions, but she don't got a little bougie. We don't pull it out at all. It's just sitting there. Praise the Lord. We need to pull it out, Lady McGee. Praise the Lord. It's sitting there, and we used to eat on it for Thanksgiving and, 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 and Christmas. Not every day, because this is not everyday stuff. This is special stuff. I only pull this out for special occasions. And I'm telling you today that God has consecrated your life. God has set you apart because, number four, he has a plan 
for your life? What is the plan that he has for your life? I believe that God is the same yesterday, today, and forevermore. He speaks to Jeremiah and he says, before you were formed in your mother's belly, I knew you before you came out of her womb. I had already sanctified you, consecrated you. Watch this. Here's the plan and ordained you a prophet unto the nation. If God is the same yesterday, today, and forevermore, if he did it for Jeremiah, my friend, he's done the same thing for you. You may not necessarily be called to be a prophet. You might not necessarily be called to be a preacher, teacher, or reacher, but there is a calling upon your life. I'm, I'm called to pastor, but not only am I called to pastor, I'm called to be a husband to Lady McGee. Not only am I called to be a husband, I'm also called to be a father. A father might be your calling, and I'm telling you, it's a high calling. And my challenge to the peace, people of God is for you to embrace your calling. That's right. Type that right now. Embrace your calling. Matter of fact, make it personal. Say, God, I'm embracing my calling. I need you to do that today. Type it. God, I'm embracing my calling because I'm telling you today, there's a, there's a divine level of protection when you embrace what it is that God has called you to do. And here it is right here. One of my mentors years ago, years ago, years ago, he used to come up to me all the time and he says, Greg, when you die, make sure you die empty. And I heard him say that many, many times. He just come up to me out, the, out of the blue. Greg, make sure when you die, son, die empty. And it was, it was maybe a year or so later of him saying it several times to me. He came up to me and he said, son, do you know what I mean when I say die, die, when you die, make sure you die empty? I said, no, sir, can you explain it to me? He says, son, just like Jeremiah, he went back to our text here. He says, just like Jeremiah, before your mother conceived you, before you were formed in her belly, before you came out of her womb, there was a gift that God placed on the inside of you. And you make sure that you don't close your eyes before the final, close your eyes for the final time before you completely empty yourself of all the things that God has placed on the inside of you. I'm telling you, there's a calling upon your life, and when you embrace your calling, there's a level of divine protection. Matter of fact, you can't die until your assignment is over. You ought to type that right now. I refuse to die until my assignment is over. Who am I talking to? I'm talking to some people right now who have contracted the coronavirus, and you're afraid right now for your life. You're afraid for your babies, for your spouse, but the devil is absolutely a liar. Matter of fact, if you won't type it for yourself, type it in faith for somebody else that have already contracted the virus. And not just the coronavirus. What about cancer? What about AIDS? What about all the other viruses in the world that the enemy is using to take the people of God out? The devil today is absolutely a liar. I am embracing my calling. And because I have embraced my calling, I cannot die until my assignment is over. The apostle Paul, man, he wrote his letter and he said that my time of departure is at hand. Why were you able to write that apostle Paul? Because he understood all the letters that I've written, I've gotten everything out of me that God has placed on the inside of me. Now my assignment is over. Departure is at hand because my time is done. And I'm just like the Apostle Paul. My God, I'm just like Moses. And Moses laid down and he crossed his hand and he died. Why did he cross his hands? Why did he lay down? Why did he die on the mountain? I'll tell you why he died. Because his assignment of leading the children of Israel had come to an end. His, the God's plan for his life was over. So that's when he died. And I'm telling you today, you better not die. I'm challenging you today as your pastor. I'm challenging you today as your manager. You better not die until your assignment is over. I feel like preaching in this place. Divine protection. He says, I've ordained you to be a prophet unto the name. This is who you are. 
They can't stone you to death. They can't kill you. Sickness, disease can't take you out because of my hand. Understand, the Bible declares when God sends out his word, it cannot return unto him void. And there's a word that God has sent out over your life. I've called you to be a mama. I've called you to be a daddy. I've called you to be a pastor. I've called you to be a teacher. And if you hang on to that call, I don't care what's going on in your body. It cannot collapse until your assignment is over. I wonder, can somebody type amen up in her? Yes. Yes. So finally, God speaks to the young prophet. Thank you, Lord Jesus. I pray you get something out of this word. In verse number eight, he says, do not be afraid. Do not be afraid. Do not be afraid. Somebody type, I refuse to fear. Type, I refuse to fear. Somebody else type, I refuse to be intimidated. I refuse. I refuse to be intimidated. Yeah, I hear what the news is saying. I really do hear what the news is saying. I hear what uh, the, I, I hear all the responses on Facebook. I see all of that. I see what the government is saying. But watch this. According to Romans, the scripture declares that God gives each of us a measure of faith. You, he, he gives you a measure. Of, it's crazy. It's almost like if I own a store, if, if I own a store, and I want you to buy something out of the store. I'm so desperate for you to buy something out of my store. I'm going to give you money just so you can buy something out of my store. Now, now watch how crazy this is. I invite you in to buy something out of my store. I give you the money. And then you take the money and you go to somebody else's store. And you buy something out of their store instead of coming to my store, the one who gave you the money in the first place. Now understand, the Bible declares that in Romans that he gives to us the measure of faith. The measure of faith that he gives you is so that you can put your trust, so, you, so that you can put your heart, so your heart can rest and be at ease in him. But many of us are taking the measure of faith that God has given us and we're putting it in doctors. We're putting it in the government. We're putting it in scientists. And I'm not against the government. God bless them. I'm not against scientists. God bless them. I'm not against news media. God bless them. But at the end of the day, there are times I have to shut my phone down, man. I'm telling you. There are times I can't hear nothing else because everything that I'm hearing right now is negative. Everything that I'm hearing right now causes my heart to fear, causes this spirit of intimidation to illuminate in my heart and my mind. There are times when I got to shut everything down so that I can make sure that I, I put my this measure of faith that God has placed on the inside of all of us. God help me in this place, that I can put it in him. I wonder if you can say amen in this place. So he says to him, do not be afraid. Don't be afraid. And this is the final encouragement that he gives to him. He says in verse number eight, do not be afraid of them, for I, I am with you. Man, that's so powerful. He says, I am, I'm with you. I'm with you. He says, I am. Don't, don't, don't trip. Don't be afraid. Don't be fearful. Don't be intimidated. I am, I am with you. I, I posed this question several weeks ago, and um, I can't remember if it was a service or if it was just a small group of fellas I was just kind of talking with. And um, I posed the question, how many of you guys would rather Jesus be here on earth walking in the flesh like he did with his disciples and um, all I do know it, it was in this sanctuary I, I just can't remember if it was church or just people but just everybody in the sanctuary they raised their hand and they said I, I would love to be I'd love for Jesus to be here like he was with his disciples walking the earth with me every single day 
And um, this was my challenge to them. The reason Jesus left, he says, I must go so that the comforter might come. The comforter is the Holy Spirit. Jesus was only able to minister to 12 personally. And if he wanted to do anything else, he would always have to get the 12 to handle the crowds. So although he was with the 12, he was never with the 5,000 or the 4,000. No, if they got bread, if they got fish that particular day, it wasn't at the hand of Jesus. If they got bread or fish that day, it was because one of the disciples, one of the 12 handed them bread. So Jesus was only physically with the 12. So if he was here today, it'd be impossible physically for him to be with everybody. So this is, this is the deal that he made with humanity. He says, I'm, gonna, I'm, I'm coming. I'm doing what I have to do. Sacrifice that I need to make on the cross, but I'm leaving. And he says, when I go, then the comforter will come. The comforter is the Holy Spirit. And the Holy Spirit abides within the heart of the believer. This, this is what I love about my faith. Christianity is not a religion, my friend. No, 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 no. It's about a relationship. Religion is about a bunch of rules. You better do this. You better not do that. And, and do, do we have our... Do we have our rules? Absolutely. Do we have our guidelines? Absolutely. We have them. But our faith is not about the rules and about the guidelines. It's about having a personal relationship with Jesus Christ. And this is what happens at the moment of salvation. Unlike all the other religions of the world, if I was connected to any other religion, if I, it was, if, if I was a Muslim, if I was a Hindu, I would be that because there are certain laws and certain tenets that I follow. But when it comes to being a Christian, it's not just about the rules. What happens at the moment of salvation, when I confess Jesus and I ask him to be my personal Lord and Savior, at that moment, the Spirit of God comes in and it fills my heart. <laughs> Ephesians teaches us that we're sealed with the Holy Spirit. You know what that means? That means from that moment on, I'll never be alone another day in my life. As long as I'm walking this earth, because the Spirit of God abides within this vessel of clay, I will always have God with me. And that's the assurance that he gives him in verse number eight. He says, I am with you. I am with you. And I'm telling the people of God today, even in the middle of this pandemic, even in the midst of all the confusion, the chaos, the frustrations, the disappointments, everything that's going on, God says, I'm there with you. If you suffer, you won't suffer by yourself. If you're alone, you, you think you're alone, but you're really not. I am there. I'm there with you. God is there with us. God is there. God is there with us. So this is what I want to do. I want to, I want to give, I want to pray for a couple of people today. Yeah, I want to pray for a couple of people. First of all, I want to pray for that individual that's running, and you've been running, and you've been running, and you know there's a call of God upon your life. And not only have you not be, been living for God, neither have you been operating in the call that's upon your life. You've been doing your own thing. Jesus, you confessed him as Lord, but you've been running the show. Matter of fact, you pushed Jesus off the throne, and now you're sitting on the throne. You're making decisions that you don't even pray about. Many of you, your decisions are based on how you feel. And when, you, when your feelings are in charge, Jesus is not. Because I promise you, when Jesus is the Lord of your life, he'll challenge you to do things that your flesh don't necessarily want to do. 
but you do it because you acknowledged him as the master and Lord of your life. I want to give that wayward daughter, that prodigal son, an opportunity to come home. When I say come home, what are you talking about? To, to, to your church? No, no. I want you to go to the head of the church, and that is Jesus Christ. Right where you're sitting, right where you're standing. This is what I love about ministering. This is what I love about preaching. The fact of the matter, I'm just the mailman, and so I deliver packages. But you know what's in the content of the package because the Holy Spirit opens it right in front of your eyes to show you this is how the message applies to you. So right now, thank you, Jesus. I want to give you an opportunity to repent of your sins. And when we speak of the word repent, we've made it a very negative word, but in all actuality, repent is the most positive word in the Bible. Repent means to turn from the way you're not supposed to be going towards the way you should be going. The great thing about repentance is God says that there's still time. There's still time. My baby that came to me the other day and says, Dad, is this, this the end of the world? Is it, is it over? It was a great opportunity for me to minister to them and let them know how I live. I told them, baby, this, this stuff Daddy preached and, and that I live, I don't just do this just to be doing it. I really do believe in it. And yes, Jesus is on his way back. But whether he comes today, next week, or another 20 or another 100 years, I don't know because the Bible declares no man knows the time nor the hour. I don't want to be caught in wrong when he busts those clouds. I want to be caught doing what it is that he's called me to do. The scripture declares when the Son of Man returns, shall he find faith in the earth. What do you mean faith? Shall he find the faithful doing what they're supposed to be doing? And that's what he's looking for. So right now, you have an opportunity to do it now. Do it now. You can bow your head and you can talk to God right now. You can talk to him right now. Say, God, I'm sorry. I know, I know, I know, I know better. I know better. I'm doing wrong, but I need you to help me. I'm acknowledging you as the Lord of my life right now. God, help, help this prodigal son. Help this wayward daughter now, Jesus. If that's somebody right now, You grew up in Sunday school. You actually know the story. But here's the thing about salvation. Salvation is not just knowing the passion. It's not just knowing the story. Because I, I know the story of the cross just like I know Abraham Lincoln was a real man. I, I know Martin Luther King was a real man. Why, how do you know that? My faith. My faith tells me they were real. People have told me, and I believe credible people. Therefore, in my mind, Abraham Lincoln, although I've never physically seen him, Martin Luther King never physically seen him. I really do believe that he's a real man. So you can believe that just like you believe that Jesus came, he died for your sins, rose again on the third day, and actually never be saved. Because when it comes to salvation, it's not just faith and believing. You have to acknowledge him as your Lord. Savior and Lord. And maybe you grew up knowing the story, but you never let him be the Lord of your life. My friend, I want to give you an opportunity to do that right now. If you'll make this confession, Lord Jesus, I'm sorry for the way that I've been acting, speaking, and even thinking. I know the way that I'm living is contrary to your plans. It's not even because somebody told me I feel what I'm doing. I'm, con 
every time I do these things, I override a voice that I'm hearing on the inside. But I no longer want to override that voice. I want to heed to that voice. Tell him today, I believe, Jesus, that you came and you died just for me. You died. You died. You sacrificed. You bled on the cross just for me. And three days later, you overcame sin, death, and the grave. You died spiritually so that I wouldn't have to. And I'm asking you to be the Lord of my life. Come on, do it right now. Yeah, I want to give you an opportunity to do it right now. Do it right now. Do it right now. Do it right now. The presence of God is in your home. He's there. 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 He's there right now. He's there right now. Come on, come on, come on, come on. God, I love you so much. God, I love you so much. God, I love you so much. God, I love you so, so much today, Jesus. I love you, I love you, I love you so much today, Jesus. Father, now in Jesus' name, you, you heard the cry. I didn't hear them in this sanctuary, but God, you heard her voice. You heard what that man just said to you, Jesus. And I believe by faith that you're responding. You're responding, Jesus, to his cry. Somebody just said, Lord, save me. Somebody just said, Lord, save me. I heard you. And God is responding right now. Somebody saying, Lord, fill me with your spirit. Fill me with your spirit now. God is responding. He's responding now. I cast down fear and intimidation now in the name of Jesus. It will not come nigh thou dwelling anymore. The devil is absolutely a liar. That thing that's, that's causing you to be restless at night, not be able to get good sleep, the devil is absolutely a liar. And those of us who have sickness in our bodies in any way, in any form, in any fashion, be it virus, be it bacteria, be it the pollen in the air, I speak divine healing now in the name of Jesus. There is yet a balm in Gilead. There is yet... A balm in Gilead. And I thank you for it now. I give your name the praise, the honor, all the glory. And it is in Jesus' mighty name. Come on and put those hands together all over this place. Give God a hand clap of praise. I love you guys so very much. Just a couple of announcements before we get um, before we close out. Um, on today at 6 p.m., I will have a Zoom meeting with all the small group leaders, and I'm so excited about all that God is doing. Even in the midst of this, this situation, there are conventional means whereby we can stay connected together. And I don't want, watch this, watch this. The scripture declares that we should forsake not the assembling of the saints together. And I believe that that's true. Although we can't physically come together, there are means there are avenues whereby we can still see each other. We can hear each other's voices and encourage one another. And I want to make sure that we continue to do that. So I'm going to meet with the small group leaders today um, at 6 o'clock. Lady McGee, come grab a mic, and I want you to stand with me just for a second. Um, at 6 o'clock today, um, men's meeting, we're still going to meet via Zoom again um, on Monday. I think that is, let me see, Monday, 
Monday at 7 p.m. If you haven't downloaded, and brothers, y'all been the slowest yet. The sisters, they are on it. Come on up here with me. Can y'all bless the Lord for my, my queen, my girl? Mwah. I was watching you on camera, and I just want you to know you fine on camera. <laughs> you are real fine on camera. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. We're going to hear him close this out. May the Lord watch between me and thee. <laughs> uh, men's meeting Monday at 7 p.m. Um, intercessory meeting uh, Wednesday at 6 p.m. I want all of my prayer warriors, uh, especially um, on, on the Zoom meeting at 6 p.m. And um, the, the whole church, I, I'd like for the whole church to be a part of that. But the intercessory prayer team, I definitely need you guys to be on because there's some instructions that I'm giving to you guys. And then next week, we're going to uh, resume with our small group meeting. And your small group leaders and facilitators, they will be reaching out to you guys and giving you instructions how we're going to move forward. Again, I'm super excited about the material that we're going to be studying. We're going to be studying how to hear the voice of God. And I'm telling you, in this hour, it is absolutely critical for your ears to be sensitive to the voice of God. I wonder, can you say amen to that? Because this is an hour now. The Bible declares faith comes by hearing, hearing by the word of God. And your faith will be increased. Your faith will be built if God is talking to you the way he needs to. I don't believe that God has a speaking problem. I believe that we have a hearing problem. So in the material that we're talking about, hearing the voice of God, it's not so much about provoking God to talk to us. It's about us positioning ourselves so that we can hear the frequency that's already passing over us. Amen. Any thoughts, Lady McGee? You're going to do me like that? Come on now. Come on. You embarrassed? You do look fine. Watch this. I'm going to make a pass on, at you on Facebook Live. Pow. <laughs> we on live. <laughs> Amen. If she has nothing, again, I want you guys. Hey, hey, Ty, send on them hearts again. Give them some hearts, man. Give them some hearts. Hearts, hearts. They got them. You better give them. They got them hearts. That's from, those are hearts from our hearts. <laughs> we love you guys so very much. Father, now in Jesus' name, we want to thank you so much for this opportunity, God, to encourage and to strengthen the people of God. I'm praying right now, Father, that you would give all of those officials, all of those uh, dignitaries and authoritarian figures the wisdom in this particular hour, God. Even the scientists, God, even those who are part of the, the uh, COVID-19 uh, task force, those who are developing um, uh, different treatments, Father, I'm praying for supernatural wisdom to trouble them, even in their sleep, Lord. God, wake them up, God, with solutions, Father, that, that would be a blessing, not, not just locally, God, but across the globe. I give your name, praise, honor, and glory, and it is in Jesus' mighty name, and we say amen and amen. We are a church family that honors God in everything we say and do. We love you so very much. We'll see you next time. Hey, listen, listen. Yes, that's why I told you to say something. There are many of you guys that ask, how can we give? How? And I want to encourage you guys in this particular time as a church, um, I'm asking you to hear God concerning giving. I want you, matter of fact, I want you to just simply ask God, Lord, what do you want me to give? I want you to do that because when it comes to the church, it's not just about the lights and all the things that we do behind the scene to keep ministry running. As a church, we're a resource to this community. And, and as long as God brings about the resources, we're going to continue to bless people, pour into people. But we can't do it without your support. So, um, Todd, do you have that up, son? So you have, we have on the screen several ways that you can give via cash app. You can go to our website, empowerthecity.org. And, of course, all gifts are tax deductible. Um, we love you. And we just want you to simply ask God, 
what do you want me to give? As I was praying about giving the model, the thought that the scripture came to mind in the book of Acts, how that the people of God, they came and they laid gifts at the apostles' feet. And the scripture declares there was no lack amongst the people of God because those who had plenty, when they gave, we were able to supply. The apostles were able to supply those who lacked. And that's what we want to be again. This, this is more than just about lights and air and gas bills and all that other kind of stuff. We, we passed that. We want to be a blessing to this community in any way we can. So when God provokes our hearts, when he prompts our hearts to sow, to be a blessing, we can reach back and we can grab those resources that we have. And we can only do that with your help. We can only do it with your help. So again, just simply ask God, God, what you want me to give? And I believe that he'll speak to you. Amen. Anything else, sweetie? So your seeds, we still want to make our declaration before the Lord that we do. Uh, so if you're sending your cash app, if you're doing the text to give, if you're giving online, you can just hold your phone in the air, whatever means you're using. Uh, you can just repeat after me. Father, Father this, is my seed this is my seed that I'm sowing today, I'm sowing today in, good ground, in good ground. And I know, and I know I'll, receive a harvest I'll receive a harvest in the area of my life, of my life that I need it most. Need do you believe that God knows what you need most? When you sow your seed, just trust that God will bless you in the area of your life that you need it most. God bless you and share and replay this message. Amen. Amen. Love you so very much. Blessings to you.